Buran. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome everyone to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream where we have Wednesday's affair of the Ummah. And I have to say, this is a very, very weird developing story. Okay, here's the press release. All right, media advisory from CARE, New Jersey. So I guess they could, they're calling this an anti-Muslim intimidation tactic. It's a truck, essentially, that's going or moving around with, with a sign. Okay. At MCMC, which is the local masjid in Piscataway here. And they're going to hold a joint press conference. So I'm not putting out anything that's um, unknown or, or private. So ethnic and religious harassment perceived as bias-motivated intimidation. This happened on Saturday, by the way. The news is coming out now, but an incident occurred on Saturday. Okay. And this press conference is today at 2 p.m. at MCMC. Not that the people online... It's not going to be online or, or uh, broadcast or anything. But 200 community members were gathered at an event at MCMC within the building and in the parking lot. And then a truck came displaying a digital billboard with photos from the 2008 Mumbai attacks circled through the Masjid parking lot multiple times. The truck then entered MCMC's parking lot from the property's back entrance at 1.30 p.m., according to security footage. The truck then circled the masjid parking lot twice, making periodic stops. Some community members were lingering in the parking lot at the time. One individual followed the truck out, out of the MCMC parking lot, onto Route 18, and recorded the truck as it drove off, then filed a police report. So... The intent by this incident is clear, they said. You're coming to an Islamic center, okay, and your your truck has a digital billboard that referring to the 2008 Mumbai attacks. Now, are you aware of those, Habib? Could you look that up? What ha- I just jogged my memory because I remember it vaguely, but I can't remember exactly what's going on. 2008 Mumbai attacks. Okay. Everyone has the right to free speech. No one has the right to go and target a religious minority at their house of worship. This is harassment. So apparently that's... uh... Okay, so we're calling on local officials. Let's see if CARE has a report on this. And... Okay, so it's all over the local websites now. So it has an image of the thingy. Now, the image keeps changing because it's digital. And 62 horrifying hours 
Now the Hindu, uh, they're, they're they're calling the Mumbai attacks like sixty-two horrifying hours, and I guess I guess Muslims were involved in this, so that's why they're they're. Okay, that that did that. Okay, so now this person came out. This truck also went to another masjid, which I'm not going to say because they didn't want to officially name it and was taking pictures. So, for what reason? Just to scare people. What's the issue exactly? Who knows? Okay. And that's it. There's there's just the, the picture of the truck is out there. And it's just a truck that has some of these, these Mumbai-related posters. But there's nothing else really. Um, there's nothing else uh, that's, that's, that's around uh, on the news. No other conclusions. Uh, you know the Hindus are getting getting power. The Hindus are gaining gaining a lot of strength, and they're they're getting active, and they're promoting their idols, and they're and everywhere I turn, there's some billboard about, um, you know, like a sob story. Stop. Uh, I mean, they even targeting Democrats. They're targeting Democrats for being hateful, right? For being um, discriminatory against Hindus, and that. So there's there's. We live in an area where there's a lot of Hindus. So you're going to have the the hardcores and you're going to have the normal people. Okay. The other news, interesting news, that the, 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 the latest census is out of England has the Christian population dipping and the Muslim population rising. But it's still like only, it's like a 1 to 10 ratio, so it's still... But for the first time, the Christians did not make the 50% mark. So that means less than half of, of British people are, are identify themselves as Christian. And that's identify, let alone do something about it, right? Because the most basic thing is that your God shouldn't be made fun of. And recently it's been uh, circulating that a Cambridge professor of divinity and theology, that means you probably, if you're devoted your life to this, this, this thing, chances are you, you got to be like serious about it. It's something that you have to respect. So what is this guy all about? Oh, Jesus has a transgender body and he may have been transgender. Are you kidding like, this is, are you on your um, grandkids' TikTok or what? Like, what's going on with you? Something's wrong in your head um, if you're talking like that. And he gave this where? Did he tweet this? No. Did he, where did he give this? He gave this in the sermon on Sunday. He said this at the sermon. Not at uh, some conference not did he think that he's gonna appeal to the youth you think all the youth are leftist wokists let me get you the story because this guy he if he had said that about the prophet they would the there they would have had the funeral already and i'm not condoning violence i'm just saying we have in our own muslim crazies what can i tell you i can't control them nobody can control them all right so what's happening as soon as you write Cambridge, it comes up. He's an embarrassment. By the way, 
there's a lot of youth who got their heads right because they have fitra. Fitra, fitra, it's like, you can't tell me that, uh, that a discernment is socially constructed. Like discernment. I know that you're Habib and that's Ryan and this is a camera. Like that's discernment. Basic discernment. It's another word for it is sanity. This is part of human life, human nature. You can't tell me this is merely a social construct. Cambridge Dean, this is, this is news because from now on, any talk about Jesus is a Muslim affair. The Christians, no offense to many of, of the Catholic associates that I know online, and I'm very friendly with online, and I don't have many issues with them. Uh, we do maybe differ on the Palestine issue, for sure. But otherwise, I think on national Amer U.S. issues, we have a lot in common. And if you're going to deal with any group of people in America, you're going to deal with the Catholics. Okay. But I, I, so I don't want them to be offended when I say this. But what I have to say is that they have not protected their prophet. And that's supposed to be their God too, right? You have not protected his name. So yes, of course, God, does, does he need your protection? Is he offended by this thing? No, this is nothing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is, you are basically barking at the sky, these people. But it's our job. Allah wants to, gave us an opportunity to, 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 to show where we stand on things. That's what, that's what this, this is all about. We have the opportunity. So Allah puts us in a world here where anybody could say whatever they want and let's see who's going to stop them from saying that, right? That's how you show your, that's how you, you, you reflect your love for your creator by defending him and your prophet. So blasphemy has got to be the last line. If you allow this, I genuinely have to ask, what's in your heart? Do you believe in this God or not? If you believe in him, you have to do something. And you know he's going to get your back. Even, even you only you have your own guy, Sir Thomas More. He died for Catholicism. The crazy king, Henry VIII. Sir Thomas More was his, his basically like his private you know, mentor. And he refused to sign off on these crazy divorces that he kept doing. Sir Henry VIII. So he ends up hanging the man. And Sir Thomas More had told his uh, daughters, had raised him, he had like a lot of daughters. And he raised them by saying, this is a faith and a religion that you should be ready to lose everything for. Why? Because that price is still a good deal in comparison to what you're getting. That's how much he believed in the afterlife. That's one of your guys. And we say he's not even on the right dean when he did this, Right? But he did it. So Catholics, Protestants, evangelicals, how are you tolerating this nonsense? This is not you're just your prophet, it's your God. I've given up on you guys. You guys are not the protectors of Jesus. The Muslims have to take on the issue of protecting the name of Jesus from ever being blasphemed like this again, right? We are going to do it in a civil way. But if this settles amongst the Muslims, I guarantee you that this is one of the issues where the people who actually get the job done right are the people who are misguided. They get violent. They go crazy. 
in England, I think it was Belgium, Belgium or England, where one of these cartoonists lived, the Somalian went after him with an axe. An axe. These, these uh, the Somal do not get them angry. I know it's like a blanket statement, but if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying. If you know them, you know what I'm saying. These people from Somalia do not upset them. They're not like Egyptians. Egyptians, we get angry, we talk, right? We yell, we, so nobody will get touched. That's, that's how Egyptians get angry. They're not violent. These Somalis, they don't play games. They're not like Egyptians, like playing some, just getting angry. What is that going to do for anybody? Yelling and screaming, who cares? These people, they took action. Bro, he went into the guy's house, I think it was Belgium, with an axe in his hand. Boom, breaking down the door. Unlocked it from the inside. Stormed in the guy's house. The guy, he had a big house. Of course, these guys make a ton of money. Once you make fun of the profit, there's going to be people who want to throw money at you. He had a special room that he locked himself into. The police came by the time he, they found. He, the, the Somali found the room, but the police had already come. And this guy with his axe going into his house. Imagine the terror that he was in, right? I mean, that is terrorism. I'm, I'm the first say, but he's guilty, right? We don't, we're not in all about that, right? But it just goes to show the level at which some Muslims do. Another guy, the cartoonist came. He saw him, the cartoonist, riding a bike. This poor Maghribi, he was driving a cab. Also, I think it was Belgium. What's up with Belgium? Housing all these people. They're just like France. So he said, hey, are you the guy who made the movie or the cartoon or whatever it was that blasphemed the Prophet He said, yeah, it was me. He gets out of the car. I'm, I'm, I don't even want to be able to say this on YouTube because they're going to think I'm supporting this. He gets out of the car. He has like a pocket knife. He slits the guy's throat. Then he calls the police on his cell phone. He said, I'm, I'm calling to admit a crime. I did it. And he waits there for the police. Must be the easiest arrest they ever had. He waited there. I'll pay the price, whatever it is. It's just a cab driver. This is not the Pope of the Muslims or some guy who devoted his whole life to the Quran. He's a cab driver. He was probably listening to music or watching soccer. But he saw his prophet, okay, he saw his prophet uh, getting maligned like this and he did something about it. We're not supporting that, but I'm telling you, they exist in our ummah. Nobody's out there supporting Jesus from the Christians. Goodbye to you. We have to do this. Listen at this. I cannot believe this guy. He's the Cambridge. Not only is he a human professor, he's the dean. He's a dean. Okay. And he gave what uh, the Blaze Media sounds like some hip operation. Even they're writing about it. Jesus could have been transgender because he had a vaginal appearance. What is uh, wrong with you? What the hell is wrong with you? Who, who, what appearance are you talking about? Yeah, what, did you see anything? And then anyway, like, what are you talking about, a vaginal appearance? Did you see, what did you see? And it's all pictures and drawings anyway. I'm telling you, he's gone insane and he's trying to be, catch the crowd or something like that. And this is a University of Cambridge dean. His name is Michael Banner. He should be banned. Okay? He should be canceled. He should be never live normally again after saying this. If you said this in Europe, by the way, these are the, this is the same country that sent some people to the Crusades. The, the British weren't the leaders. The French and the Spanish 
were the worst. And the Italians went too, but the British sent people. I know this because I watched Robin Hood many times, right? <laughs> and I know that Richard the Lionheart is the brother of King James, okay? And King James, everyone hated him, right? Because he raised the taxes. Every child knows this. Richard the Lionheart comes back at the end of, of Robin Hood, right? From the Crusades. And then you read about Richard the Lionheart, and he was not as big of a deal as they make him in England, okay? Banner declared that it was a legitimate assertion that Jesus could, he could have been trained. I can't even read this. You're an educated human being. You went to college. You went to postdoc, and you did a PhD, and you're a professor, and you're, you let this came out of your mouth, and you said it with a straight face? The incendiary theory was made during Evansong. I think it's, this is, must be an event that's in Catholicism. I don't know. Like, um, never heard of it. Joshua Heath is a junior research fellow. He displayed three paintings of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Heath painted that the 1400, the year 1400, this is when the artwork was made, okay, is proof. A painting? By a guy who never saw Jesus? That's the proof that Jesus was transgendered because blood from the chest stab wounds from the spear flowed down into his groin, past his thigh, okay? And like it didn't hit a bump, which would have been his private parts. You guys are sick in the head. Here's the picture, okay, the painting. Right? It's all kufr these paintings because he's saying that the way the blood flowed down it would if he was a man it would have like not flowed down like that it would hit a bump are you kidding me you are sick in the head this guy's say goodbye to the western civilization bro if this is what your top religious colleges are producing say goodbye and i think that the catholics consider these these divinity schools, these secular divinity schools, to be as, as nonsense as, as we consider many of them to be. Okay. It's called the stab wound of the spear of destiny. And that, oh my goodness, that's what you based it upon. Heath, did, did, let me ask you a question. Did the artist back then have a concept of this? And was he actually, what did he base his drawing on? Nothing, his imagination. Your grandmother didn't know what a transgender was, let alone 1,400. The Telegraph reported Heath, whose PhD was supervised by the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams. Wow, that's your, your Tilmith. That's your Murid. That's your disciple. That's your student. He also told worshipers that in the prayer book of Bon of Luxembourg from the 14th century, this side wound was isolated and takes on a vaginal appearance. You have a problem. The outlet added, Heath also drew on non-erotic depictions of, are you kidding me? I'm not going to say it, of Christ's blank in historical art, which urge a welcoming rather than hostile response towards the raised voices of trans people. So you basically are digging and, and cooking up a theory that is so far off in its absurdity and 
you're saying it all with a straight face. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's Arkham Asylum here. Arkham Asylum is better. Joker never said this stuff. Arkham Asylum is like the madhouse in Batman. The Penguin, Joker, Scarecrow. They never said this stuff. One person marched out of the sermon and shouted heresy. Good. But why don't you march up to the guy and pull him off the minbar? I want to do, I ask you guys a question. Honestly speaking, okay, if someone got up on a minbar in a, in a masjid, just pick an average masjid, and he said this stuff, is he going to, wouldn't he be pulled he off? He would have been Bro, he would have been stomped upon. You, you, you know why? Because nobody, these kids, nobody ever said no to them. And the society itself has lost the concept of changing the wrong with your hands. Like, if someone did that, someone would have to get up and take physical action and inflict, and this person must, within 60 seconds, be feeling pain. That's what's going to make him stop. He's got, it's a Pavlovian effect. I uttered it within 60 seconds. I was in pain. I was saying, the next word I'm saying is ouch. Okay. That's, we need more. <laughs> we need more of this guy. All right. No, I'm serious. That There has to be a Pavlovian effect. If life is normal, if life is... Uh, 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 if things are normal, there has to be a Pavlovian effect, right? When I drink water and I'm not thirsty anymore, I'm thirsty, I drink water, I should be not thirsty, right? That's the norms of life. Likewise, morality has norms. You cannot possibly do something bad and then nothing bad happens to you. That means the society's sick. There must be, must be, okay, a pain experienced by this individual within minimum 120 seconds. Okay, because that's really what people learn lessons from. Like, why do, why do you all eat? Because starvation hurts. Why do you all sleep? Because staying awake hurts too much. If you stay awake for 24 hours, you're going to be in pain. Your eyes are going to hurt. Your head's going to hurt. So pain is, is how people learn. And if you're an adult, if you're smart, you learn from other people's pain. Humiliation also teaches people. I think humiliation teaches people to have some shame. But this is not enough, right? I would, I would not be satisfied if someone stood up on the member and said this about alim, not a sahabi, not a prophet, and not your God. This is their God, right? He must be feeling some kind of pain before he leaves, physical pain before he leaves the building. And I, what, what is wrong with that? Tell me exactly what is so immoral by Western standards. Forget Sharia. Western standards... Why is that bad? Didn't you go and cause pain to the people who did 9-11? Didn't you? So that's blasphemy. Didn't you cause pain? You cause pain to people all the time. I don't see anything wrong with that. I'm not saying you cut off limbs, but he's got to feel pain. An anonymous congregation member fired off a complaint letter to Banner. That doesn't cut it. Why anonymous? And what is a letter going to do exactly? I left the service in tears. You offered to speak with me afterwards, but I was too distressed, the worshiper wrote. I am contemptuous of the idea that by cutting a hole in a man through which he can be penetrated, that he becomes a woman. 
I am especially contemptuous of such imagery when it is applied to our Lord from the pulpit at Evensong. It's not a discussion. I'm not sitting down with you. Wallahi, I would not have a discussion. No, the only discussion is how many lashes. Right? That's it. Okay. No, it's an absurdity. So, by the way, discussions about absurdity is you're guilty. Like in, in our Sharia, where, where, where does ijtihad exist? Ijtihad exists. Ijtihad means putting your mind and trying to understand something. It exists in the vanni texts, not the qat'iyat. Qat'i is explicit. Okay? There are explicit facts of life. Okay? There's never going to be a discussion, at least in this time that we're living in now, maybe in a thousand years when the records are lost. Did George Washington exist? I'm not having that discussion. It's Mutawatir, the pan existed, right? Does the sun rise from the east? It's not real. There's no room for discussion here. That's why, look, we in our Sharia call these people the people of whims. Because a plain fact, we also cannot go down this route that the West and the trans have taken us, where qat'iyat, observed facts, are now up for discussion. Mutawatir, fact, all knowledge comes from three sources. It's either rational or observable, or it's widespread, mutawatir. Like so widespread it's impossible it was a lie. Okay? Well, one plus one is two. Can we have a discussion on it? Should we have a discussion? Is it actually one plus one, two? Let's have a discussion. No discussion, right? That's why a lot of these guys, they love engineering and math. No discussion. It's a fact. Either fact or not a fact, right? Uh, transmitted facts. Is Madagascar really a country or do they lie to us this whole time? It's absurd, okay? So when certain things are, are explicit, to have a discussion is an absurdity, right? The, the person has won. So the idea of having a discussion. I'm contemptuous of the notion that we should be invited to contemplate the martyrdom of a trans Christ, a new heresy for our age. You guys, on earlier this, this, uh, this decade, this century, you had another heresy and you said he was married to Mary Magdalene. Okay? What happened? Nothing. You didn't stop it. That's for their, in their religion, it's a heresy that he had an associate, that he had like an affair or that he had, okay, was he married or not? Marriage is public. Marriage, do you remember the Dan Brown's book? Do you guys remember that book? Okay, you never heard of the Da Vinci Code? Okay, so the Da Vinci Code was a book by Dan Brown. The illusion in the book is that Jesus actually had a girl. He had a woman. And that woman was Mary Magdalene. And she's the woman that's next to him in the, in the Last Supper. Now explain to me how you have a prophet who hasn't, has a girl on the side. Now, if he's married, you should publicize the marriage. So they're saying he had a girl on the side. What did you guys do? You did nothing. Years later, now you're saying he's trans. So you have to stop this stuff early on before it grows into insanity. And here you go. The individual said, this revisionist notion made for an unwelcome feeling in the church and my partner felt violated. Honestly, no people on the earth have more patience and are so more muted than the British, like white British people. 
the original British temperament, not the immigrants that have come in with their own temperaments. The original British temperament is so muted in its expression. That's why you guys don't win soccer games. That's why you don't win in the World Cup. You are too muted in your emotion. Your tea is water, colored water, right? You have no flavor. There is no emotion in this temperament. There is no uh, expression. He says here, I had an unwelcome feeling. That's the word that you used here. That is the word that you came up with. Let's go do dawah to these people. They take everything, right? Yeah. And they were reportedly children at the service who were visibly uncomfortable and truly shocked. Banner responded to the controversy by defending Heath's hypothesis. He defends it. He says it's legitimate to argue that the Son of God could have been transgender. So he has a female private part, but he acts as a woman, as a man. How does he have a beard? Are you telling me he naturally had a beard and a vagina? Like naturally, without any surgery? So God's son, God that you're claiming, what about the word son? Why not use trans? Son slash daughter. Now are you telling me that he's going to send the people someone who nobody can relate to? So what's the point of sending a son? Sending, what's the point of sending a human? Their claim is so you can relate to him. Who can relate to a man with a beard and a vagina? How am I going to respect that? Oh my goodness. Unreal, unreal. For myself, I think that speculation was legitimate. You two need lashes. Where's my guy here? This is my new guy. Give you, I'll give you 60 lashes if you don't count that 60? 600, 60 a day until you repent. For myself, I think that speculation was legitimate. Whether or not you or I or anyone else disagrees with the interpretation this is not even, let's go to epistemology, interpretation of a painting of someone who never saw the man. So that means if I went and I made a painting of, of George Bush plotting 9-11, okay, in 3,000 years, people are going to treat this like a legitimate theory about 9-11? Think about the, thank you. Thank you. Where is the primary source that you're interpreting? Where is the tafsir happening? The tafsir is happening of a painting that happened in the year 1400. That's a, over a millennium after Jesus had lived and the last person who saw him. I cannot believe these, like, like just from the intellectual standpoint, you're completely... Uh, 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 like off okay it says something else about that artistic tradition or resists its application or contemporary questions around transsexualism just the word didn't even exist five years ago banner complimented the sermon for forcing the congregation to think about these images of christ's male slash female body as providing us, the guy's doubling down, with ways of thinking about issues around transgender questions today. No, I can't read this. I can't read. Banner didn't believe, that, I'm going to have a high blood pressure. He didn't believe that Heath made the provocative statements to purposely be offensive. 
and that he would not invite a speaker who would deliberately seek to shock or offend a congregation or who could be expected to speak against the Christian faith. So this is now not against the Christian faith to say this blasphemy. Let me protect your, 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 yeah. let us now protect Jesus because they're, they can't anymore. They're done with. The, the fact the guy has not experienced pain until now, ex- including this guy. It's not uh, advocating violence. It, it's advocating balance. There has to be balance. You cannot say this stuff and sleep a normal night. I'm sorry. Go I have ahead, a question Ryan. based on this now. Yeah. Because, like, uh, of course, for any Muslim, right, you would want to, like, put a boot in their face. Yes. And we have the hadith where, like, uh, it was revealed to the angels to destroy a city. And they yep. said, we, why would we destroy the city? And it is a person who didn't disobey you for the blink of an eye. Yes. And Allah said, revealed to them to flip it over on him first because mm-hmm. he didn't show anger for your sake Thank or you. for my sake. Thank you. So, but what's what's the limit of that without making Islam? Because, like, for instance, these, these Mumbai, these people come around driving around MCMC and, like, by instant, you want to take a knife and, like, stab the tire of the truck yeah. or something and throw a rock at it or something. Yeah. But then that's achieving the goal that they want that you to do. Yeah. Like, they want, they're coming to get some extremists to come out with an AK and shoot, and they want that to happen, basically. To get the place, but they, they do want that to happen. Yet at the same time, uh, they probably won't do it again, right? That's a tr- that's the thing. But, they might, but but the Muslims in general might get a bad repercussion because of it. We might we might have a bad repercussion in the eyes of the soft and the eyes of the dainty liberals. Oh, you reacted. We don't want to be negative people who react. Right, but actually look at the situation; they will not do it again. Salman Rushdie, yeah, never wrote a book about the Prophet again. Never uttered a word about the Prophet again. Okay. But it also goes back to like if one state silence, then we're all in the wrong, right? Where it's like they, if they, so, so we're living in a society where the guy who reacts to being atta- uh, 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 abused or harassed or offended is the guilty person. We have to recognize we're going to lose those opi- their opinion. We lost their opinion. But look at the bigger picture is that it's a, it's a word now that Christians say you would never have said this about Muhammad because you know that you would have paid a consequence. We got made fun of by who, though? People's opinion we don't care about, right? Yes, we did. They made fun of, oh, you Muslims, you overreact. Okay, your opinion, that's your opinion. But we have to downgrade your opinion now. Your opinion does not mean much to us anymore. What is the actual reality of things? Is that people stopped. Okay? You're crazy. You, 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 uh, uh, and it was the Iranian uh, Khomeini who put out the fatwa against Salman Rushdie and the West went crazy that you guys don't have freedom of speech and you're violent, blah, blah, blah. His next book was about butterflies and frogs and nonsense, right? He never touched the issue again. So he learned his lesson. So yes, part of the deal here is that, yes, people will say this about us. But the other part of the deal, I think, is better. They'll stop. They'll learn their lesson. How many dads are viewed terribly by their kids the moment they get in trouble, but he doesn't act up again? You fast forward, the kid has manners, right? Fast forward till when he's 18 and the other kids are 18, okay? He has manners, right? And that's the truth about... All of these, all most of the people here are from Pakistan or Arab heritage, maybe, right? 
you all have views about your parents at some point because they were so strict and it may have even produced hatred even until you see other families and how these kids talk back to their dads and roll their eyes at their moms and you realize wow any matters so a trinity college spokesman responded to the controversy by saying the sermon explored the nature of religious art in the spirit of thought-provoking academic inquiry is it an is it academia or is it a church with kids and families and plumbers and regular people who don't want to go into this liberal nonsense and just want to get close to god that's the difference between a church or a masjid and academia, where you could do all your heresy you want. And in keeping with the open debate and dialogue at the University of Cambridge. So this is a, 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 a university-sponsored church, I guess. In December, a German Bible museum featured an exhibit displaying Jesus Christ as a transgender. Nobody says a word. Where's Martin Luther's descendants from Germany? Isn't he the one who wanted a mop-up shop? Clean up? Where are these people? The Bible House Frankfurt said, for some years now, society has been opening up to non-binary gender concepts. We sometimes have heated debates about gender equitable language. It seems to be one of the burning issues of our time. Take a look at the diversity of gender identities from biblical and modern times and find a divine answer that fills all the questions. You are as good as you are. This religion is done. This religion is officially over, right? And that's your Bible house in Frankfurt, Germany, which is supposed to be the home of the Protestant Reformation. And I have to tell you guys that the game is over for this religion. The clock has hit zero and it's a loss. You lost 10 nothing. You are so done. If you, you allowed this stuff, and those people who made that museum or display or whatever went home and slept and took a salary, and nothing happened. Poor Kyrie Irving puts out a tweet, and he's done. Cooked. They almost lashed the guy, right? I said before, where is the movie that he's tweeted about? It's on Amazon Prime. NBA has a massive contract with Amazon. Nothing, nobody touched that contract. What a bunch of hypocrisy. Be as angry as you want about how Kyrie's Irving, and I don't even like Kyrie Irving. I think he's cuckoo, right? And he's, he's literally thrown hundreds of million dollars away by all his antics over the past few years. And his entrance into Islam, it was just a phase because he tells you later on he believes in all religions. I said this from before. Let's just give it a year. Because the guy's on a different trip every year. So I'm not even a fan of Kyrie Irving. But what they did to him in comparison to Amazon, Jeff Bezos, the NBA Live has a contract with Amazon. Nothing happened with that. No attack on Amazon and Jeff Bezos for hosting the video. But you did attack the guy who just tweeted about the video, the movie. Okay. Tell me that's, that makes any sense. Yeah, unbelievable, man. Seriously. It's so absurd now, you think you're in a movie. It's, it's, that's how absurd it is. To me, they have to be put in their place, what they say about Sayyidina Yisav and Maryam. That's my opinion on it. 
All right, let's see what else we have in the news. That was a lead-in to saying that there were the the the, the ratio of Muslims to to Christians. But again, those Christians, they may have, you know, majority, may have the majority. But I'm sorry to say this, they're the froth of the sea. They're fluff. They're nothing. If absolute complete heresy does not move you to utter a word or even just go flip the table didn't jesus go flip the tables right of the bankers and the, and the money lenders in the in the in the temple all right so less than half of the population of wales i don't know why we're talking we're talking about of england and wales less than half the population 46% now are christian they describe themselves as christian I mean, don't even bother because if you're accepting this heresy, you're not Christians. You're, you're, you're Christian in your word. There's absolutely no faith in your hearts. Um, 12% of the population de- declared no religion. Okay. London is the most diverse. 25% only are Christian. Okay. Hindus is 1.7 million, uh, 1.7% of the population are Hindus. I guess the Muslims are less than that, or what? Didn't, why don't they give in the Muslim statistic it's supposed to be a Muslim paper, article? As in 2011? Uh, all right, the highest percentage population is in a place called Tower Hamlets, 40% Muslim, just in that area. Blackburn, 35% Muslim. Newham, 35% Muslim too. Um, Surprised Birmingham is not here. All right, let's open up to Q&A. That's our news today. Um, All right, this is, wait, hold on. There's one more article. This was released three days ago. Dar al-Ulum Dewsbury is to close down due to financial difficulties. That's terrible. They should... They should uh, Dewsbury, Dewsbury, England. They need to, to, to open it up. I mean, I don't know what kind of medhab it is, it's, uh, but you wouldn't want to see that happen. Anywhere, right? So, uh, let's read what they're saying here. Chair of Trustees Muhammad Boston, he wrote to parents earlier this week informing of, of the closure. Oh, it's for, for youth, not not for adults. Yeah, it looks like it's like a boarding school. That's, a, that's really sad. It's an independent boarding school for boys and young men. And it's produced thousands of Islamic scholars. So, it's like a Darul Ulum, basically. Uh, huh? So let's see. I get a fundraise good enough, I guess. Well enough. Or or have an endowment. As you are well aware, the institute has been facing very challenging conditions for two years. The demands of the new inspection framework of our financial difficulty and our financial difficulties have impacted and continue to impact us significantly. Earlier this year, a watchdog, Ofsted, reported that the school does not meet all the independent school standards. Okay. Young people, they say, are at risk. Inspectors, wouldn't the parents care more? 
than you. Inspectors had found that safeguarding continued to be ineffective. Leaders did not recognize when there is serious safeguarding concern. What is safeguarding? Leaders continue to fail to act with sufficient understanding of when there are serious safeguarding concerns. What does that safeguarding mean? Like the, 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 the walls, the banners, fall off the steps. What, what does it mean? During this inspection, they identified significant safeguarding concerns, which had not yet been uh, identified. Give us an example. Okay. So Offsets the leaders. Wait, wait, say again. Now saying so that probably. That's means, what it means. Yeah, yeah they're not. Okay. So what, the, the the stairs are creaky or what? <laughs> the walls going to collapse. There are patterns and trends, and children and young people are at risk to, of what? Give us an example. Leaders and staff fail to maintain the vigilance of children. For example, okay, finally we get to an example. They were not aware of a serious assault by pu- pupils. On another pupil. So someone got beaten up and they didn't know about it. A school fight. (laughs) How many school fights happen and no one knows? Leaders and staff showed a lack of professional curiosity in the matter. We have invested a considerable amount of time, says Mohammed Bustin. Bustin, I think. Garden, Bustin. An effort to ensure the institute remains open. However, seeking advice from current leaders of outstanding schools, as well as ensuring all required staff training, blah, blah, blah. Uh, further expenses reach tens of thousands of dollars. Okay. Bustan is calumny, accusing someone falsely. Bustan is a garden. Imam Nawi has a book called Bustan al-Arifin, The Garden of the Gnostics, in which he has things that are stories from uh, that wouldn't reach the level of like Sahih. But it's really good. Even he has things that are sahih too. But they're not related to Ahkam. After the latest inspection, negative points came to light, out of which one was the lack of staff cooperation. Therefore, in March 2022, the Dar al-Alum have given notice demanding the school, or, or the DFE, whatever that is, Department of Education or something, has demanded that the school close. We appealed the decision. We spared no cost, taking every measure and working extensively to meet the national minimum standards. As the court case date came closer, the judge met with the two legal teams and the DFE's legal team proposed in to negotiate all right, and have four conditions met. Number one, temporary restriction on taking anyone under the age of 18. The restructure of the organization. Additional safeguarding training for all. Stop boarding anyone under 18. We accepted three of the conditions, but requested boarding remain open for everyone, for, for those under 18. This was rejected. After consideration, it was evident we have less numbers for over 18 students. Bearing the above in mind, we had a meeting with our legal team where the following decision was made. Rather than receiving a court order for closure, we would close bef- uh, uh, without the restrictions being imposed. The institute has been a great success. Our alumni continue to have major impacts on the Muslim community. They are ulama, they are huffad. It is therefore with deep and heartfelt sorrow that we have to inform you that the Islamic Institute of Islamic Education will close on the 12th of December, 2022. We did not want this to happen. A lot of time, effort, money was invested to prevent this. However, despite our best 
attempts, we have been unable to secure the future for the Institute. Our sincerest apologies, and we pray to the Almighty to help you in making alternative arrangements for your child's education. All right? Um, so, sad in, uh, state of affair. Iqbal Qazi says the Zionists are behind this all. You can't have a possible argument, uh, ar- article like this without um, someone saying that Israel is behind it all. <laughs> of course, right? Israel's, got, Israel's behind everything. All right. Uh, give me a two-second break. Rai, why don't you show the video while I take a quick break? You have the video? Uh, that The video um, about uh, the Kusina. Yeah, why don't you show that video while I, I go take a break, and then I want you to talk about it, can you? While I, uh, I'm going to come back? Right. Bismillah. So for people who don't know, um, as you should know by now, we've been running a soup kitchen weekly for the last year, starting in January. Um, as this mission has been boiling up for many years, uh, people from the community had gone around to the homeless population in the downtown of New Brunswick and were serving food to them for quite a long time. Um, but eventually, one of the people who they were serving food to had asked, uh, what church are you from? So because of that, Dr. Shetty had realized that... Um, the whole Dawa part of it was not very effective as they thought that these guys who were coming in Thobes, you know, were, were Christians and from a church. Um, typically, the downtown of New Brunswick is a majority Hispanic population, given that there was uh, white flight in the mid to like early 2000s and 10s um, from New Brunswick and a major expansion on the college campus uh, left a lot of residents of New Brunswick leaving. And because of that, many people who were coming into the country moved into New Brunswick uh, specifically. So the Hispanic population, uh, at least from my understanding, generally is not well acquainted with Islam. And there's many biases um, or misunderstandings that are there. Um, some things which I've experienced at the soup kitchen. But because of that little misunderstanding where they thought that uh, we were coming from a church. Dr. Shai decided, or this was a motivational factor in opening up the soup kitchen, uh, which is where we're sitting right now. We're sitting in that building that is known as the soup kitchen. Also where we have classes for uh, Islamic studies called Darofet. Um, and tonight at six o'clock in a couple hours, we're going to open it up for two hours to the public. Anybody who walks by on the street will come and... Um, We'll be able to enjoy some home-cooked food and company uh, with, with some Muslimin. And like I said, the majority of this population uh, are people of Hispanic origin. Not many people know about this, but there's a pretty bad tyrant in Nicaragua. Um, I believe uh, 
Venezuela also has something similar. I'm not 100% sure about that one, but uh, many people are coming from Nicaragua and are moving to New Brunswick. Um, many people from Mexico as well and Honduras. So, you know, we've been serving this food to them, although there is a, uh, although there's a language difference that is uh, evident, you know, our Spanish is very small, but uh, we've been able to connect to them through, you know, playing with their kids and uh, giving them toys and, you know, playing some music, Islamic nasheeds and things like this, and also serving good home-cooked food uh, consistently every week. And of course, uh, uh, on top of that, giving out clothes as well from the community. So what I'm going to show now is a video uh, that we've put together just of some moments from the soup kitchen. Um, yeah, Abdullah says they need some hard-hitting Islamic dawah. Uh, I, I guess he's talking about something else. But um, the method of dawah here, which Dr. Shadi's emphasized many times, also comes from uh, the habayev of Tarim, is not by intellectually cornering somebody into accepting Islam, as a convert myself, um, I've seen this happen, and it's a pretty unfortunate. Um, it's a pretty unfortunate reality when somebody, you know, basically gets like pressured into taking a shahada because they've logically accepted the proof of Islam. Uh, you know, and most times it doesn't work like that. Most times it's something somebody s accepts this on a, on a social basis, on a spiritual basis. They want to become Muslim, right? So what we're giving people is a comfortability in a semi-Islamic environment, as well as um, a better education about Islam. So here, inshallah, we'll show this video to uh, show everybody what we're doing at the soup kitchen. And what we've been doing now that uh, in America there's something called Giving Tuesday, um, we've been uh, fundraising just to renovate this place and to, again, uh, add another day onto the year, I mean, onto the week of serving food. Instead of once a week on Wednesdays, we plan, inshallah, starting January, maybe a little bit after that, to add a second day. Um, and something I've also been ex uh, uh, exploring, the idea of, since I've been kind of on the ground working with this soup kitchen every week, um, is a ESL program, <coughs> English Second Language program. This can help people, you know, with work, this can help people um, not get abused in, in, you know, of course, in their work by employers and also can aid the dawah that we want to give as well. So here, inshallah, we have video.
from a song from now. From where? From like uh, it's like a new song that came out. It's oh. like popular. All right, so you all saw that, alhamdulillah. And um, we really, this, the, December is the month we do everything, right? December is the month where we raise like 80% of what we need. And our goal this year, so we don't have construction costs, that big construction costs anymore. What we do have is staff and food, right? We have, that's our biggest need. So we're going to be raising up the funds needed uh, in order to, to, to run a second okay, uh, day, we have meals on Wednesday, and we now have to, we want, we're going to be having meals on Monday. So go to launchgood.com backslash Safina Society, or sorry, forward slash Safina only, and, um, and inshallah, to, uh, you could help us get this goal. This is truly like a community operation. Um, it's something that the, only the, the uh, it can only happen if the community puts it together. And that's why it's so important to share this constantly. And you can now see what we're doing on the Instagram page, La Cocina 367. 367 is the, um, it's the address. So it's easy for people to know. So go to the Instagram page and, and see every Wednesday there should be some stories, which is basically like what's going on. Um, I hope they start having interviews with people. So that you could actually see, uh, we had some get reactions. Actually, last week we had some good interviews. You so you recorded some interviews. We did, yeah, on this ca camera. But you know, people, some people, it's just like you're just not ready to be interviewed. Yeah, yeah. Night, but but know? where are they? I didn't see the interviews in the files. Yeah, there's four videos. There's good videos. Okay, so you can give them to me. Download yeah. them to me for me. Yeah. Good. All right, now it's time for some Q and A. And the first question I'm going to take was is a question about. All right, the first question we're going to take is a question about Salat al-Tasbih. How, how does one do Salat al-Tasbih? First of all, the ruling on Salat al-Tasbih is that it is, an, it is a fadila to do. It's, um, we could say a nafila, sorry. The more appropriate word is that it's a nafila. And that uh, it has come down in a hadith from Sayyidina al-Abbas. And yes, Ibn Hajar did find the hadith to be odd. But he could not. He he did also say that it is a sound hadith. Uh, just out that the metan and the whole concept is different from everything else. But all four madhahib hold it to be mandub. And salatu tasabiyah is four rakahs. In every rakah, there is a total of seventy-five tasbihat. And the tasbih is Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar. And the breakdown of it is as follows: After the takbir, you say fifteen. And then you recite Fatiha. Now you do the math. After the Surah, you recite 10. That takes us to 25. In the Rukua, you recite 10. That takes us to 35. In the Qiyam from Rukua, you recite 10. That takes us to 45. In the Sujood, 10. In the Julus, between the Sajdas, 10. That takes us to 65. In the second Sajda, 10. That takes us to 75. And then you repeat that. Four times. Four times. So that's a total of 300 times that you will say, SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, Wa la ilaha illallah, Allah Akbar. That's it. Let me repeat it. Right after Takbiratul Ihram, say Allahu Akbar, you recite the Tasbih 15 times. You recite Fatiha, and you recite a Surah. 
Then you do the tasbih again ten times. Ruku'ah ten times. Qiyam from Ruku'ah, Tahmeed, ten times. Sajda, ten times. Julus from the Sajda, ten times. Second Sajda, ten times. That's 75. So it's seven times that you're going to recite the tasbih. Ten times, but the only exception is the very first one is 15 times. That's where you get the extra five. Uh, it's said that Murabat al-Hajj used to do it every day. Okay. Now I want to bring up another question that came. I think that's very important. There's a lot. There are a lot of blended families. And I would like to hear other people talk about this. I'd like to hear the opinions of other people on this. In, in the sense of what you, not your opinion, but what you've seen, your experience. And the following is that there were, there are mixed and blended families now in the Muslim community. Example, two divorcees or someone who has, who is a widow or a widower, where the man has a child and the wife has a child of the opposite gender. They're not, mah, they, they're not mahram to each other. The man and woman want to marry each other. But the children are stepchildren towards one. They're not ever going to be related. They're not non-mahram. So you can't, there, you can't really live in a situation where you have a de, the, the husband, or sorry, the son and his step, stepsister. What is she going to do? Wear hijab the whole time? They're not related. We don't have a, anything called stepchildren in Islam. So let's say they're like six or three or five, whatever. Ultimately, what I came upon is that the only way this would work if when they're teens is two different homes. Like you may live on the same street, right? The other possibility is that you build an extension to the house so or like it's a two house like two homes basically but on one lot that's another possibility i'm putting this out there because um i want to see what people have come across in life well where that where this has been been treated the idea of two homes is when a man has multiple wives we may not be accustomed to that here but in the other countries a man, when he has multiple wives, he doesn't always live with that other family. He may have married a woman who has two kids. Okay, he has a, So he has his primary residence, and he goes to another residence. Now, if he has three or four, then he doesn't see the other families except once every four days. Whereas if, if he had, for example, this situation, it has, it's only one wife, but in effect it's similar if you go the route of two different homes. You see what I'm saying? So that's the question here. Has anyone, have you ever come upon this? And the imam says, um, I thought so long as they are married, then the children were mahram of each other. No. Only the child and the parent becomes mahram so for example if a man marries a woman and they consummate the marriage then that woman's daughter becomes mahram to the man he can be with her in a, just like a regular daughter 
And that man's sons, all of them, are mahram to his new wife. So she can be with them, and they can be with her just as a parent, regular. Without hijab, they can touch and hug and be in the same room together. And they can never marry. But the kids themselves will always be stepkids, step-siblings. And step-siblings can possibly marry each other, have to cover in front of each other, cannot be in kharwa, and cannot touch each other. So that's the, that's the dilemma. But I truly believe, because when you see somebody who's like in love, you, there's got to be a way. Right? There's got to be a way. So, um, yeah, probably just uh, separate, like, I don't know, like making a separate living space, like you said, an extension. Yeah, either a whole separate place. Yeah. Or they just become, na- they like two separate homes. Like yeah. they just stay in the home. Melody says, yes, I've seen this. So what, how, how did they solve it, Melody? Melody 21. The other house is better to have than not to have. So she's saying, I think Melody is saying that it's got to be two houses. Right, which in today's life I don't think is so far out. People are just people, especially when they're like in their forties and fifties. Like this, 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 this guy and this couple that brought me the question. They're in like forties and fifties, right? So they got their lives going. Their other kids got their life going. So not to disrupt that and try to jam something that's going to be impossible, and they'll just. Um, because I don't continue living but but the husband can go visit she can come visit yeah. right if the if the girl's going to custody or to the, of the husband of the her dad then the mom can visit he could visit so it could be fluid between the homes but the kids won't be jammed up yeah right Maha is asking do stepdaughters inherit the same as biological daughters not by obligation but the man the stepfather can cut for for her from the one-third of the bequest, which is called al-wasiyya. And so let's say his biological daughter is going to inherit a certain amount of money, $10,000, let's say. Um, then he can cut for the stepdaughter, if he's close to her, $10,000 from the bequest, if you understand what I'm saying. So Melody said the kids love each other. They travel together overseas. Very good outcome. How did they live? Did you say that they lived two, in two different homes? Right? That's how they lived. And were the... So, Melody, my question is, were they opposite gender? Obviously, they were opposite gender. Otherwise, it would be no issue. If a woman has uh, two boys and the dad has two boys, there's no problem. Or if they're all girls, there's no problem. Or if there's a major age gap, like a 20-year-old girl and a 2-year-old boy. No problem. Why? Because by the time that boy reaches discernment, probably she's going to be married. Or the age of difference is so far off, right? So yes, there will be hijab. It would be like if like it's like a boy and a girl and they're like 16, 17. Yeah. Around like the same age. That's the issue. If they're years. one year apart or something yeah. like that, they got to be separated. Okay. I don't, under, like, I don't think in the same house because how do you control when the siblings see each other? Like, it's impossible. The parents are working and like they... It happens all the time. And it's also, even if you had a separate extension to the house, that extension to the house is not really serious. He just walk right into the living room. Yeah, exactly. That's not serious. It's not a serious thing, right? Well, won't the kid 
feel like, like excluded in some sense. Yeah, he might have some, uh, as you guys say, he might feel some type of way. Sometimes, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, is it, is it smart to When do they use that? That could also mean in love? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, sorry. I got my... Um, it could go both ways. It could go okay. both ways. My Gen- this scenario. <laughs> right, I got my Gen Z. So, yeah, back to Melody. She said they it worked out just fine. Could you give us more details, Melody? Like, that they were opposite genders, they were blended family in that respect, but they lived in two separate homes, right? So does that mean, like, uh, when you say two separate homes, like, the... The father, like, say the father and the son live in one home, and then the mother and the daughter live in a Yeah. Oh, like that? Like that. Like, she just stays in her home, and he stays in her home, but they get married. So that he'll go visit, she'll come visit, but they're just living their lives, right? That's a trippy situation. It is, but isn't everything in this day and age, like, you have to be open-minded, in my opinion, in this day and age, right? Because life is just um, getting complicated, So, yeah, see, and your mama, she's got a son. So now um, when you marry, if you marry a guy who has a daughter, that's going to be the issue. You, but I, I don't think the door can be closed. You can have two different homes. Because the, when I, I deal with a lot of people trying to get married, it's not easy. You don't want to put, you want to remove as many blockages as possible, make it happen. She says, my sister has stepkids and they live in separate homes. But the daughters does not wear hijab in front of her brothers, but may reconsider with this new information. Okay, so Al Yamama, you're saying that your sister is in a situation like that and they live in separate homes, like the husband and the wife, or just the kids. Could you explain? And I'm I'm using all this information to share because people when they see others have done it, then they're confident in it. That's what it is, it's all about. Okay, here's Melody's answer. Mixed girls and boys. The kids were younger in the beginning, overseas. Uh, the Akhul Bates are, are built different. And the houses are made for separate separation of genders. There. Okay. The houses are made for different genders. And the, so it's two, half, two different homes. Uh, what, where the daffodil says RBH is that what is this lo- slang for? RBH? Yeah, TBH. To be honest, that's probably better in some ways, anyway, especially if either party has been single for some time and it would be hard to adjust living full time with someone else. I agree with that. Yeah, she, she meant to say TBH, to be honest. I agree with that too because a lot of times people they get set in their ways as they get older and it's not easy to just jam them together. That's separate from other, let's say there were no kids at all, and you had a 50-year-old guy and a 40- or 9-year-old woman, right? He's been living by himself for two year, 10 years. She's been living by herself for 10 years. You're stuck in your ways. So I think that they can live together after a period of time where they get to know each other so well, and they've, he stays over for a, for a weekend, she stays over for a weekend, they go on vacations together. Then they could eventually it'll be smooth sailing. But it won't be smooth sailing just from the start. I've seen this for people marrying in their 30s, that they have a hard time moving in with somebody, like sharing space and stuff. They have a hard time with it. I don't think it's a good quality, but it's the reality. Okay. 
So you all are helping this individual because um, I'm going to be sharing this with him. This is like, um, you know, that the fact that other people are doing this. Melody says, yeah, show and then prove an intellectual person may be able to accomplish it with the right adab. Um, um Maryam says, in Pakistan, there are some houses with totally different entrances and proper door and different entrance. Yeah. So there. They've done it in Pakistan. It's yeah. happened. I've seen a house here where, uh, actually my old house, it was like the basement had everything, like accommodations for a person to live in, like kitchen, everything, and it had a separate door from the back to get in. So you just go, come, park, and then you just go to the back of the house, you go into the basement. And like you have your bed, you have a whole room there, you have your kitchen, you have your fridge, everything yeah. to like, you know, and then upstairs would be like the other family. Yeah, so that means you get a house and you literally just do probably... I'm going to guess 100 grand worth of construction, yeah. maybe 75 grand, 100 grand worth of construction, where you, you, you produce two apartments, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, we'll pass it on, and hopefully they... And your mama says they live in a home with their mom, and my sister lives in a home with her kids. But their daughters are in each household. Don't wear hijab in front of each other's sons. Well, they should. The kids have close relationship together since they're young. So, but the husband and wife do live in separate homes and they remain married because you're going you're to arrange time where you can meet. Uh, Anna Tofi says, how does it work when you have a daughter and you adopt a boy? It could only work if you saved breast milk. And we do have something in the Sharia that allows for this where if a child hovering around the age of two, like, maximum two months two and two months two years old two months or under that age drinks the milk of a woman in any capacity could have been frozen for five years doesn't matter it could be in a bottle and he just drinks one gulp that's it one drop he becomes as if he is the son to that woman and the brother to that woman's daughters so that's if you want to adopt that's what you would have to do doesn't mean it matter if it's 10 years later right. all right good so anything else that we, any other comments about this issue? I think that, that, that pretty much solves it, that it's either going to be you're going to divide up the house, you're going to split the house, or you're going to just live in two separate homes, right? And, you know, and the closer the better, but you live in two separate homes. Because you also can't expect for a girl to uh, wear hijab the whole time or for teenagers to be in that proximity the whole time and ultimately... I think that where there is a will, there has to be a way, because we're in a we're living in a religion that th people must have had this issue from decades. I mean, centuries ago, they must have had this issue. What happens when your brother dies and you have to care for his son and you have daughters? Are you telling me that didn't happen in the past? Of course, it happened, right? So, what did they do then? So. All right, let's see. Now we can open up to other topics. What other topics do we have here? 
أشعري engineer. كم عدد ركعات الضحى؟ ضحى is two rakas. It could be four, six, eight. And it's just prayed from Ishraq to Dhuhr. Any time in that. Maliki Click says, I'm surrounded by snitch masjids. Every Friday they sing lullabies to us. I need help opening some type of dawah here or professional show. Mm, open a masjid and collect donations. Oh, build it and they will come. But it's very, it could be expensive, but it might be small, right? And get a group of guys to pay the rent. Build it and they will come. Build it for the sake of Allah, Allah will bring it. Okay. Who's blocked? Who's saying who is blocked here? Yeah. This affinity, Ready Hadari says, this affinity in virtue of breastfeeding sounds like a PhD topic. Is there any practice on reciting to babies? For example, Quran or Salawats. Yes, I think that there definitely is a lot of benefit. And I've heard from many people that when a woman recites a certain surah often while pregnant I've heard that her son memorized that surah very quickly right but regardless no way to prove that this is her observation but there's no doubt about it that ibadah brings sakina down to us and it brings sakina down to the kids whether they know it or not Aslam says, what should we do when friends say they saw people making dua towards the Prophet's grave? Yes, we do not turn our back to the grave of the Prophet That's the fatwa of Imam Malik. Malik was asked, if I'm facing the grave of the Prophet and I want to make dua to Allah, do I turn my back to face the Qibla? Malik said, if he was alive, would you turn your back to him? No. So they treat him as he was alive. So we do face the Prophet's grave. Of course, the dua is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but when an imam makes dua after salah, let's say so-and-so died, can you make dua for us? Okay. Does he turn his back to the face of the qibla or does he stay? If I made dua right in front of you right here, wouldn't I continue to make dua? By the way, we missed something very important. Dua of Asr. Let's see when the prayer times is We missed it. Next week, inshallah. Yeah. <laughs> Hanafi. Hanafi asked. You got 10 hours if that's the case. <laughs> Sophia says, Can the following ayah apply to us as long as we remember send salah on the Prophet? That is correct. As long as the love of the Prophet is in the heart of a person, then Allah Ta'ala will not punish them. Uga Panda is here. In the Maliki school, can we pray multiple rak'ahs, more than two, with one taslim? No, we make taslim with every two. Didi says, in Islam, can an unmarried woman leave home to go to school in a town within the same state, but hours away? No, there's some discussion about that. Uh, if she has a mahram there, then yes. I was told to recite Surah 
Yusuf for beauty, Surat Maryam for piety, Surat Muhammad for good character while pregnant, and I did that, and I saw its benefits. That's very good. Very, very good. Okay. Is hellfire forever? Yes, it is, but the Muslim who believes in Allah and all the people, the followers of prophets who believed in Allah and the prophet of their time, they're considered mu'mineen. If they had so many sins that they had to be purified in the hellfire, they will be purified and then removed. Ishaq Ahmed says, what to do, what do I do if I forget to do tashahud, and I'm not sure if I did it or not, you do two sujood sahu, which is two prostrations at the end of your prayer before you salam out, then you do the tashahud, then you salam out. Some says. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam praying in his grave on the Isra'i Mi'raj, was the Musa in the Barzakh? Yes, he was in the Barzakh. The Barzakhi world, Allahu A'lam how it is, it's very different from us. Okay? Uh, the Barzakhi world is very different from our existence, so therefore the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa saw Sayyidina Musa in his grave reciting the Qur'an. Then he prayed with him at Masjid Al-Aqsa, then he saw him in the sixth, in, uh, the seventh heaven. Khadija Asif says, will you do an overview of Umrah? Yes, we will. Inshallah. Maybe we could do that tomorrow after we do the stories of the awliya. Okay. Ready Hadari says, is the second salam in salah sunnah? Yes, it's sunnah. In, the, in all the schools, one taslim is what ends the prayer. And in the Hanafi school, it's a sunnah. In the Maliki school... There's a difference of opinion on it, but the mashhur is that it is only sunnah for the muqtadi if there is someone on his left. Uh, sorry, this, uh, if, there, if he has an imam, he says it forward, and if there's someone on his left, he says it to the left. So there can be three taslims in the Maliki school. Suzella says, if there's someone with good character and you know him and family for a while, but not consistent on salah, and the woman is very focused on salah, it's a tough question because, as I said, marriage is not always an easy thing for people these days. So you don't want to close doors. But I cannot imagine that the woman is better in Salah than her, her man. How can you respect him? How can he truly be the imam? That's the question. We can ask, There are, are there sisters who married men who are not really on the dean? Yes. Um, we can talk to them and ask. But personally speaking... I'm thinking that he's the imam of the family. That's the position in the sharia of a husband. right? He's the imam of the family. So Sayyidina Umar said, if someone is weak on salah, then that's what Allah is asking him. He must be weak on everything else. right? So, That's the phrase that Sayyidina Umar said. But it's going to be a case by case. However, these are the parameters you're looking at. The idea that he's supposed to be the imam of the family. Um, there's certain things that the man should be have more of. He should be the leader in religion, in protection. She could have make more money, but he has enough money that for them to live on, like the main expenses of the home he's paying for, right? After that, she can make as much more money than him because. But as long as he's the one maintaining, uh, so it's a tough situation. I wouldn't want to say no to anything off the bat, but at the same time. I personally probably would not let it for my own kid. Okay. 
If the Imam says salam and you're still making dua, you have to salam out. You must follow the Imam. The Imam is made to be followed. Muazzar says, do we consider Ahmadi Muslims? No, they're not. They believe in another prophet and therefore that is a qat'i ayah and therefore it's known in religion by necessity as well. They're kafir. Okay, tell your professor that they're kafirs. Okay. Whether you could have a presentation as much as you want. We call him Qadiani for that reason. Like that kid, right? Astaghfirullah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Subhanallah, Umm Maryam says, a woman did a lot of recitation of Quran and she did hifs while pregnant. When she sent her kids to Quran school, he had memorized those juz that she memorized so quickly. They asked her, what other school does he go to? Wow. Amazing story. Maybe this is the stories of like kids that are houses yeah. at like twelve. Or like oh, that's probably 10 why. Years old. That's probably that's why. Probably why. Like, you, you, six. Bro, you read the stories of the scholars. He memorized the Quran at the age of six. He memorized the Quran yeah. at the age of five. How? Subhanallah. Subhanallah. M says, there is some confusion regarding how witr is prayed. Witr can be prayed by the Hanafis. They pray it as three in one with one taslim. But the, all the other methods, they pray two rakahs and then one rakah. She's asking, do we go into tashahud after the second rakah in witr? Ask, ask, if, um, ask a Hanafi for that. When the Hanafis pray witr, do they do... Tashahud in the second rakah? Yes, they do. Okay. They do. Tashahud, they must do. Because it's from the commandments that Tashahud is in this every other rakah. Would it be uh, makruh for someone to leave off the shafa and then just pray the witr by itself? No. It's not going to be as bad as leaving witr off by itself. Because shafa is considered from the nawafir. Mm. Witr is the sunnah muakkad. Mm. Suzella Rahman says, is the husband meant to be spiritually higher? It doesn't have to be spiritually higher, but he should be fulfilling the law equally in that he could lead his wife in the fulfillment of the law. Spirituality between her and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and him and Allah ta'ala, that's not the issue. The issue is when it comes to the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he should be able to lead her in that. In the same way that he leads her in, in maintenance, in protection. So likewise. If one misses a sajda, what do you do? If you miss an entire sajda, you miss an obligation, nullify that whole rakah, get up again, pray a full rakah, and then do two sujood sahu. Ultimus Minimus says, okay, so we have a Latin uh, person here. Can you explain the etiquettes of visiting graves of loved ones? You visit, you say, Assalamu alaikum daraqawman mu'mineen, wa inna insha'Allah bikum lahiqoon. Assalamu alaikum to all of you, when we are soon, we shall reach you. And then you recite any Qur'an and you intend that the reward of it goes to the dead. You make dua for the dead and you may speak to the dead. Let's say it's your mom. You can talk. Just general talk. And we believe that they hear. You can do salawat. You can do salawat and, and send it to them, the reward to them. Ukapanda says, I need help to corrupt women and I, I am exposed to and is making me have a bad opinion of women in general. What to do? Think about your mom. Isn't your mom good? Everyone's going to love their mom. No, maybe your mom can't be. Maybe she's not good. But you still love your mom. 
someone recently passed away. The shit, the, the, the head of the bookstore, I met him back when we used to live there. The Baker Street bookstore. May Allah Ta'ala give him Janatul Firdaus. He served Dar Taqwa publishers for years and he had a bookstore there. May Allah give him Janatul Firdaus. Okay. Likewise, double A. Can you make dua? My mom, my dad, they're not well. I ask Allah Ta'ala to give them a speedy shifa. May Allah Ta'ala bless them and make them stronger than they were. Uh, brother, what was your question? I accidentally skipped his question. What's Islamic take on free speech and hate speech? Um, it's the speech that Allah Ta'ala forbade is blasphemy and also inciting violence would be considered forbidden. Fitna. So those are the main things. So free speech, speech is from the actions of humans which is to be determined by God. And then where Allah Ta'ala is silent on a matter, the humans can determine it. Can women visit the grave? Yes, they can. They can visit the grave. It's makruh for them to go for the burial, but they can visit the graves otherwise. Lily Rose, would you consider advising a woman to marry someone who says they think you follow something weird by following the Madiki fiqh? He's too far off. If you're in the deen and they think that, he's way off, right? How is it weird? Unless he's loose with his adjectives. He means like, I've never seen sedr before, right? Praying with your arms down or something like that. But even that is someone that's not... If you're a student of knowledge, this person is not compatible to you. Again, unless there are other things that are really attracting you and he's a righteous person, but he's just not so knowledgeable in the deen. Still, it's, I think that when it comes to the, the doctrine and law and applying that law, he's got to be the imam. Let's see some other questions here. What dua should we read to protect our children from these emerging anti-Islamic ideologies? رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِقْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعْدِ إِذْ هَدَيْتِنَا وَهَبْ لَنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمَةِ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْوَهَابِ Ali says, how can you be certain if a dream is true? For example, if the interpreter is able to identify that my parents are sick and the dream is glad tiding, they will be better. Can I be certain it's true? If dreams are composed of symbols and the dream interpreter is telling you and he's an experienced dream interpreter and he's good, now how, how do you know that? Allah knows best. You have to ask around. That's the problem. There aren't a lot of dream interpreters. I can get you a faqih and I could tell you off the bat within a little bit if he's someone that can be followed or not because there's a lot of fuqaha and the standards are there and you could tell there's not a lot of dream interpreters, so it's harder to say. But there is symbolism in dreams. If it's short and it's composed of symbols, and a dream interpreter says, yes, this is a true dream, you may believe it. You do have the right to believe it. Okay. Mustafa Zil, a couple more questions, and we're wrapping up. What's your opinion on someone passing away and the family wanting to fly them overseas? It's better to rec- to bury the person where they are, but it it there is room to move a body. Yes, okay. Hamza Hussein, you missed a lot. Oh my gosh, Hamza Hussein, you missed some ridiculous stuff out of England today. 
Can you explain what are the difference between Diobandi and Tablighi, how they differ from the Madikiyya? Yes, they are Hanafis. The Lily Rose is asking, so the Diobandis and the Tablighis are Hanafis. Okay. And the Madikiyya, you know, they are Madikis. So that's the main difference. If a layman moves to a new country, should he adopt the method of that country? I, I think so. It, it would make sense. If you're, just, if you're not invested in a method and you haven't spent 10 years studying one, then yeah, wherever you go, if, there, if you go to Turkey, it's going to be all Ahnef. So it makes sense. If you go to Morocco, it's going to be all Madikiya. What if someone hypothetically came to steal someone, says Ishaq, as small as $1, and I fight the thief and he killed me? You would be a martyr, but would it be worth it? No. But you would be a martyr. If you surround yourself, says Abdullah, with negativity, you become negative. The best you can do is that negative moment is to think about to do good, but leave it. JR says, yeah, what happened in England? And M star saying the same thing? Uh, uh, absolute absurdity. If I, had a, if I was ruler of a country, I would wage war on them. Uh, just for that. I'd, 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 I'd rattle my sabers. Okay, so uh, go back to the beginning of the live stream and you'll see and hear the absurdity that we read about. Farah says, can we eat non-Zabi Hamid in America? No. The only thing that um, you can eat is, um, is kosher meat because they slaughter. Thoughts on creating another facts live stream FAQ. You mean the stuff that so that we don't have to repeat it? Yeah, that's a good idea. Honestly, that's a good idea. It takes a lot of someone to cut. Like we get asked about music every week. We get asked about non-Zubiyah every, every week. We should have like maybe 10 questions. Let's just start with 10 top 10 most asked questions. And then we could just say refer to that video. Why isn't the method of Salah mutawatir? It is mutawatir in its essence. And it's not, what's not mutawatir is the details. So what's mutawatir? It's five prayers a day. The rakahs is, and what, it, what a rakah consists of, all of that's mutawatir. 100% mutawatir. What is the not mutawatir? The finger, where to hold the hands, how high to raise the hands. Those things are called the hay'a, the, the how-to of salah. That's not the essence of salah. So the hay'a, the how-to is not mutawatir. My brothers and sisters, we see you tomorrow, inshallah ta'ala, for stories of the awliya. Today is Wednesday. It's Sheikh Usama's day. It's it's on, go to arcview.org. Sign up, take classes, get educated, uh, learn fiqh, learn aqidah. Sheikh Usama Salhiya is the teacher for today on 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 uh, Arcview. As soon as you sign up, you'll get all the links. You can sign up for Arcview Basic or Arcview Plus. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik wal asr inna al insana lafi khusr. إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته